Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. This is Light, the light-fingered thief. And joining me is... Logar, the barbarian! <laughs> so, Logar, I was out and about the other day, and all of a sudden I had this uh, rope that just fell from the sky in the middle of the field. That happens to me all the time. Oh, actually, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it the same rope that, that, that I saw and you saw at the same time? or was this Where, a, a, a where does it lead to? Like Jack and the Beanstalk, like or Jack, Jack and the Beanstalk. Well, you know, maybe we should climb this and see what's up there. Well, one of these is like Jack and the Beanstalk, ladders to the sky. So let's preface this with what this is. This is a, drun- a dragon mag article. I get the, the titles Dungeons and Dragon Mags confused all the time. <laughs> so it says it's Dragon Magazine, not Dungeon Magazine. Yeah, so it's Dragon Mag 179, which was in uh, what year was this one? March period? 92. So 92, it's uh, 30 years ago. <laughs> oh, wow. We're recording this in March. So uh, I don't know if this is coming out in March or April, but oh, yeah, it's exactly 30 years ago now. <laughs> 30 years ago. Wow. So March of 92. And this was made. Th- so this is for spell jammers. Now, one thing I think we need to do at some point in time is delve into some of the uh, do a, do kind of deep delves into some of the settings that were around in the AD&D days and the second edition days as well, because there's a lot of good stuff out there. Spelljammer was two, was what, 2E? Spelljammer was second edition, yeah. Yeah, because I, I never played Spelljammer before, but I also didn't play much 2E, so. I'm trying to remember. I think it may have been as early as 89 when it came out um it may have been 90 it, it was it was early in th- throughout the uh throughout the 90s it was a thing yeah i didn't yeah i didn't play much 2e i played more of the 1e and bx so I'm not familiar as familiar with uh spell jammer so spell jammer was like for those that don't know you'd fly through the space and spaceships but a lot of them were like kind of some of them would be crafted after like like seafaring vessels, and then they had all kinds of weird other types of spaceships, depending on what creature you had. Some look like monsters, like dragonflies and crazy stuff like that. Now, I'm going to also throw in there that the other thing that's interesting is not just spell jammers, but if you play D&D, D&D, like basic rule cyclopedia, it was it Mystara, Mysteria. I, I always called it Mysteria. But the setting is called M-Y-S-T-A-R-A. I guess that's Mystara, not Mysteria. I guess I've been pronouncing it wrong. All right. The Champions of Mysteria box set is pretty nice for Dungeons & Dragons. It is filled with flying ships that you can use. Some are pulled by dragon-type creatures. Some have wings and stuff like that. I'm sure you can pick up a a printed copy at drive-thru, possibly, of the box set for the Champions of Mystara. It's Heroes of the Princess Ark is the box set that I have. And that's filled with stuff for flying around in ships. And that's what this article is about, is how to get to your spell jammer. And we'll say and or whatever flying ship. And I'm going to throw something else in there. This is good stuff maybe if you're messing around with the planar compass stuff because they have lots of going through dimensions and stuff in, in seafaring type ships. So... And Planar Compass is a separate zine that's more recent history, published you know in the past year. And if you don't know Planar Compass, shame on you. We've definitely talked about it here. Go out and get your Planar Compass stuff now for old school essentials. <laughs> yeah, we've done a couple of reviews of Planar Compass zine, so look back to our previous recordings. But Planar Compass is more modern versus uh, you know, Spelljammer. So the ladders to the sky is essentially just giving you ways to get your party onto these flying ships. 
And it's got a few different adventure seeds and adventure ideas. The first one they give is the accidental ladders. Right. You just happen to stumble upon a ladder in a mountain wilderness, a field. Take your pick. So that's that's all right. We can do that. That's fine. But I think they can get more creative, and they do. The second one is the mountain seed. The mountain seed's neat because it's like you find a pebble or a rock, and it, apparently it changes colors or type of mineral it is as you walk through different areas. And what happens is if you plant it, it grows into a mountain, kind of like Jack and the Beanstalk type thing. Only according to this adventure hook, it's going to grow so fast that you're all at the peak of the mountain and you're just, oh, and, flying you stuck. and it takes you up to a flying ship, I guess. <laughs> yeah, somehow, you know, the mountain grows all the way to the sky and then you bump into a, you know, a passing, passing spelljammer. <laughs> a passing, so spelljammer is what they call the ships in spell, the spelljammer setting. A, a, a flying ship is called a spelljammer. Ladders to the sky. Lift your AD&D game characters into a Spelljammer campaign. Now, this could be like a permanent campaign. You're flying around from place to place. That's cool if you're using stuff like Planner Compass because you can try out different realms and dimensions and travel. Or you can just go from one place to another really fast and change up the settings. Or you could just be playing a regular fantasy campaign wherever it is, and this is just to break up the monotony and have a quick change in adventure in space and return back to where you're game was playing it's up to you as a dm how you want to use the teleportation chamber that's what option three i believe so i think that's the third one this is looking at the toma magic supplement and and some of the some of the magic items in there one of them is a teleportation chamber and it's just simply saying you can be teleported by some of the magic items that exist onto a spell jammer <laughs> yep <laughs> the ladders of opportunity is kind of they're actually looking at a way of, of casting the game where, oh, you've got an opportunity to work on a spell jam or a ship. Someone's paying, someone's looking for help, and they've come to you and your party. It's an easy enough way to do it. I don't know how like amazing I find that one. It's just, oh, yes, yeah, somebody wants to pay you to come work on the ship. That's where the adventure starts. I feel that we can have a little more fun with that adventure. Well, there's different like you said, adventure hooks to get you onto the ship, and that's just one of them. I mean, um, you know, I found the one where you're supposed to go uh, clean the ship up of uh, rats on the ship. Pretty humorous and funny, but, you know, <laughs> I guess depending that on what one, type of mission. Which one? They're not rats. What are they called? They're, they're uh, um... it, it was called vermin busters, but they're ether vermin. Yeah, so the, what it is is they are, we're going to, we're skipping the one before that. The vermin busters adventure hook is that you're in the town and these tiny little transparent jellyfish type things come floating down around you and they latch on to things that are magic like your magic sword or magic items and they feed on magic and they can make a magic item like non-magic pretty well quick. it sucks away the magic essentially right <laughs> yeah so you go seeking what's happening in, the, in these they, they go through walls and stuff like that they can go through anything and just go straight to your magic items and according to this adventure hook, as you reach this spell jammer ship and this captain, she's got a problem. She's got golems running her ship, but because the golems have had all the magic sucked out by these things that have been growing almost like barnacles on the ship, she needs a crew to help her get rid of them. So she, the party is employed to help get rid of these things and they get their chance to adventure through space on a spell jammer. <laughs> and, you know, 
cleaning up rats and walls is always good because that can always lead to uh, other surprising experiences. Yeah, and and uh, these little little uh, jellyfish type vermin are in the Spelljammer compendium. I've got that old monstrous compendium for Spelljammer, the original one. Um, I don't I don't think I have both of them. I think there's two of them. I think I only have one. Maybe I do have both. I'd have to look at my monstrous compendiums binders to dig them out. But in case you don't have them, they still give you the stats for the ether vermin right here. The gadabout field we kind of skipped. I want to talk about that one because I think that's cool and fun. This is the one before the vermin? Yeah. So you run into this is another creature from the spell jammers compendiums. And they're just kind of like floating plants and flowers and stuff. <laughs> and you like, uh, what is it? The gadabout. Right gadabout. What's a gadabout? Well, they're a like a, it's a flower or plant that like floats up into the sky. Oh, and, okay. And the whole thing is that it gives you different ways you can introduce this. Like you could be chasing a villain or somebody, a brigand or someone who's throwing stuff at you from the sky and antagonizing you as they fly away on the plants. But you run into a field and they come up and you can you can hop a ride on one of these flying plants up to a spell jammer. And that's the way you can bring your party onto a flying ship. We're saying spell jammer, but well, it you know, could be, it could any, be a, any, some sort of other planar ship or some sort of, but this is specifically a spell jammer article. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm not as familiar with some of the references here because a lot of this stuff is two E references. So I'm just like, um, yeah, I don't, I don't recognize a lot of these uh, things. A lot of these monsters are specific. Like the one, the one that they gave in one of these, they're talking about a second a magical item in the second edition. I think it's, it's which one is this? Um, there is one adventure where you run into this uh, person who seeks out these these gems that change color according to right. mood or something like that. They have access to these very valuable gems, and they also have a uh, a sort of crown that she wears around her head. And it's, it acts as a robe of eyes, which means you can see everything around you. But the hook is that somebody else has another one of these crowns that lets them see what she's seeing. And you go through this whole intrigue of these multiple crowns, people looking in at each other, trying to go after the valuable gems she has access to, which leads you into a whole adventure through space. Uh, okay, That's yeah. essentially the plot of, of that one. And that's not the, which, which one was that? The, that was uh, bu- 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 hold on. That was a little bit further down. Is that the well? The dream haunting was was not that. No, it was pu- putting out the thumb. Putting out the thumb is which one that was. So trying to get in there. Um, the dream haunting one's an interesting little story because it's got some kind of wizard or something trapped, and he can't. He can't. He's been. So this is a little railroad. He's been geesed so that he can't. He has to build ships for whoever villain or whatever. And the geese spell, and like if you don't know what a geese spell is, a geese spell forces you to do something. It's the ultimate railroad spell. So <laughs> you have geese, the geese spells cast on you. You have to accomplish this thing that it was sent to do. I'm not a big fan of the geese spell. I mean, it's like I said, kind of railroady. Yeah, I mean, for me, the geese spell was more of forcing somebody to go after a certain objective. So yeah. yeah. It is a little bit railroady, but... And the way it's used here, it's used on the NPC. The spell that she uses, he sends some sort of extra, some sort of spell jammer specific creature that has been enchanted with a dream spell that makes the PCs have dreams of building a functioning spell jammer or a functioning flying ship and the desire. So it's, it's kind of giving them the way to be able to do it. And the dreams 
he instructs someone how to build a ship and come save him, essentially. And that's the spells that this wizard has cast. Um, I think there was a few more that we may have skipped in here, but I think we've covered a, a good amount of the different ideas they had in getting up into a ship. I, I want to really badly run some sort of planar compass type ship that uses the Mastara stuff and the Spelljammer stuff in it as well as other stuff. Because that's in my mind, a Spelljammer type campaign that's done with something like planar compass, we can go anywhere. You can jump into all these different modules, all these different zines and stuff that you want to. I want to do an old classic AD&D module. Cool. Let's <laughs> just fly there and do that one. I want to do this cool zine that someone put out and oh cool let's just fly there and do that adventure i think it could be a really fun campaign to run and those how do you get there to the ship one of the ones that i didn't cover and i want to hit up before we do is they have a couple adventures that were noted in previous dragon magazines where the whole point of the adventure is to go out and find the ship either buried down hidden in some kind of dungeon so you're actually the quest is to go is to find the ship <laughs> yeah intentionally get this ship and there's one where they're talking about it being like, like uh, abandoned somewhere in the wilderness and woods where you have to go find it. I think of all the options, I kind of like the idea of us trying to find it through the adventure, making it an objective for some first level characters who are starting out. And then they find the ship and have to figure out how to function it and discover the wondrous places they go. So uh, that's the way I'd go with it. I would choose that over others. But using some of the elements like the little flying plants and the little uh, the little ether vermin and stuff like that also could be rolled into all of this adventure in a campaign like that. It could be a lot of fun to use. Yeah, I, th I think it adds a lot of flexibility to your game so that you're not limited by just the uh, continent that you're on, let's say. <laughs> yeah, it, it gives you unending possibilities. I think that's one of the things that reasons that those kind of campaigns are interesting to people. I've run planar campaigns from the from the the original, specifically the original manual of the planes from AD and D. I've used that a lot more than anything. Of course, there's Planescape as well, but I probably use less Planescape than the manual of the planes. And I've had fun with those and being able to change it up and jump into different ideas and different settings is. It keeps it fresh as a DM sometimes, and I think sure. the players enjoy it as well. It's an interesting approach to a campaign. That's about all we've got for today, I think. Yeah. Is it time already? Yeah. <laughs> time flies quickly. It does. If you've enjoyed what you've heard here today, please leave us a positive review wherever you're listening. Share with your friends who are into this stuff, into the D&D &D and other role-playing games. You can find us on Facebook. Just search Wobblies and Wizards. Wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter at Logar Hale Crom. Support us on Patreon, patreon.com backslash Wobblies and Wizards. Any support would be greatly appreciated if you enjoy having a daily RPG podcast and keep those dice rolling. Yep, roll well no matter what dimension you're playing in. 